The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 324, unless you're joining live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Today is Sunday, August 7th. Oh, it's Monday. I don't even know what day it is. It's Monday, August 7th. I'm just a little excited, folks. We had a big weekend of MMA. A lot of stuff happened. We'll get into all that. But first, the champ is here. JR. The Lion Ridge, who is fighting for the inaugural BKFC Flyweight Championship this Friday, August 11th. You have to see this fight. J.R. Ridge against UFC veteran John Dodson to determine who is the best flyweight bare-knuckle boxer on the planet. J.R., my brother, my coach, my training partner. How you doing, my man? I'm good, man. You know, I'm ready to get this fight. It's it's been a, it's been a long time coming, dude. And uh, you know, it it's just it's just gonna be a good good night come Friday, and uh, I'm excited. For sure, and you know, I've been in the gym with you a long time. Like, you know, we've been putting in work many years together. I remember when John Dodson got signed, and you had your eyes on him from the moment he came into BKFC, you knew that this was going to happen. You knew that you'd be meeting up with him eventually. So in the back of your mind, I guess you've been preparing for this fight as long as his name has been in the hat in the BKFC, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like as soon as he came in, like I just knew in, I knew in my heart that he and I were going to fight. It was like in our, in our, in our, it was in our destiny. You know what I mean? Because he, I knew he was going to come into, we heard he was coming into the flyweight division. You, we already knew he was going to be one of the best in the division. And it was just destined for us to fight. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've had my eyes on him ever since he's come in. Like, <clears throat> I know for a fact that I can beat him. And I know for a fact that, that it's going to be, probably one of the the fights it'll probably be a, a fight you know could be in the running for fight of the year it's going to be that exciting yeah i mean you guys both are known for your dynamic performances for sure i mean you've you've put on some shows since you've been in the bkfc uh 3-1 right now but let's be honest that one shouldn't really count i'm not going to count it on mma on the rocks let's say you're undefeated in BKFC because the guy who fought missed weight. That's some bullshit. He was, and you know, I'm biased, but I probably would have scored the fight for you anyway. <laughs> hey man, I appreciate that. You know, he, he, we all know he didn't make weight. It was, I, I'll, I won't even count it as a, as a, as a, an L, you know yeah. what I mean? And it doesn't matter because you're up for the strap right now. 
do you feel like you and John Dodson, because I was thinking about this earlier today when I was thinking about talking to you, um, do you feel like you guys are almost like kindred spirits? Because you guys are both like super energetic, like super positive. You both seem to like light up the room that you come into, you know, aside from like being badass flyweight uh, fighters, um, you guys seem to be actually like pretty similar outside of the cage. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. You know, a lot of people have said that before. Um, we're kind of just both kind of like free, free-spirited guys, always in a good mood. Um, but we're both animals when it comes to, to the combat sports. Um, yeah, you know, the, the funny thing is, is like I haven't met him in person yet. And I, mm-hmm. you know, once we meet, we'll probably, you know, we'll probably, you know, like each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it'll probably be one of those like, you know, you're 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 a good guy, you know, and we even after the fight, I'll you know, I guarantee it that we'll probably stay connected for sure. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because, you know, I'm familiar with a few people that do this bare knuckle stuff, you know, yourself, Ryan Reber, Dave Mundell, and you interact with with people like yourself and it, it, you know, you're such like an easygoing, like such a such a easy guy to get along with uh and then you get in there and you start doing this savagery (laughs) for (laughs) for a couple of minutes at a time and then you're back to your happy-go-lucky self and i was thinking about how you and and john dodson are kind of similar in that way um so yeah i'd be interested to hear how it goes once you do meet him in person because i feel the same way i feel like you guys like would would probably be best of buds if you didn't have to rip each other's face apart with your bare knuckles. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, that's crazy. Yep, I think so too. And um, you know, I it's kind of crazy because I was you know scrolling through my Instagram and I was looking at the people that were looking at my stories, man. And he's been creeping on my stuff lately, so I'm in his head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. So I'm in, yeah, I'm in his head a bit. But um, you know. You know, he's a good, good guy. You know, he's he's definitely a good person. And, you know, I'm the same way. And we both bring a lot to the sport of, you know, bare knuckles. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be all, you know, it'll be it'll be good after the fight. But um, yeah, that's it's kind of funny that we're very similar. Yeah. And, and to be perfectly candid with you, I've always been a fan of John Dodson. Like, yeah, obviously, you know where my loyalties lie when it comes <laughs> to this fight, August 11th. Like, no doubt... I'm team the lion, but, um, you know, I've been a fan of John Dodson. I like the way he's handled his career. He's always kind of come up short in the UFC. You know, he ran into people like Demetrius Johnson who, you know, wrong place, wrong time. It just wasn't his, his time for that. Um, but now here we are, the stage is set for the first flyweight championship in BKFC. You're ranked number one. He's ranked number two. Yeah. Is that correct? But they're bringing yep. you into his hometown. You're in Albuquerque right now. They're bringing yeah. you into his hometown. Do you feel like the deck is stacked against you a little bit in that regard? Because you're the number one ranked guy, but you have to come and do this in his backyard. Does that kind of like play into your mindset at all? Um, <clears throat> it does, uh, but it doesn't play into my mindset in a negative way. Um, you know, Fighting John, like we already know, regardless if I'm ranked number one and he's ranked number two, 
um, they're always going to be, I'm probably going to be the underdog regardless. Um, just because he's a big name, he's fought on the, the, you know, the biggest platform in MMA. Um, he's been around for a long time and, and he's, and he's not just well-known, but he's worldly, worldly known. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, <clears throat> that they wanted me to come into his backyard and fight. Um, yeah, it, it's something that I, you know, obviously thought about, but it, it wasn't that I was surprised about it either. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, it, it's something that I was already prepared for. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't bother me much. Yeah. And I, yeah, like, I kind of figured it was going to happen that way anyways. Yeah. Like, you know what it is. He's the big name. You kind of accept like they're setting the stage for him, but it's going to end up being your stage in a long it run. It is. And dude, I'm going to, and like, like people are going to be shocked at this fight. Like John is going to be shocked himself in this fight. Like I said it in, in my, my, you know, my past interviews, you know, this last week and, you know, he's never fought anybody quite like me in bare knuckle yet, you know, and, and to have somebody just as fast as him, just Mm -hmm. as strong and it's just as ferocious, but my skill level is way different than everybody that he's fought. And my skill level is way different than his. Mm-hmm. So the fact that when people see when these two styles clash, it's going to be fireworks, right? And mm-hmm. and he's never been hit solidly yet with a bare knuckle. And he's going to feel it Friday night. Yeah, I imagine it's a, it's a different thing. Uh- and you know i i i can't really picture it myself i've been training a long time you know i've i've done some mma i've done some muay thai i've done some like simulated sparring with you where we wore the mma gloves but i don't have a whole lot of experience getting hit with a bare knuckle and i think a lot of mma a lot of mma guys don't you know we saw luke rockhold have a lot of problems with it here's a guy who is a, a ufc champion and came over to BKFC, did it one time, and he's like, that's it, man. This shit's too much for me. Um, and then we've seen other MMA guys, you know, Mike Perry, Dave Mundell, um, you know, the list goes on and on. Chris Lytle, uh, who's now been a longtime commentator for BKFC. Leonard over. Garcia. Oh, Leonard Garcia, your boy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You guys have some history, right? Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, so it's you know, doing well in MMA is not necessarily like a guarantee that you're going to do well in this. It's kind of like, well, we're, we'll see how it goes. Right. Until it goes well until it doesn't. Right. And John's going to have a long night, you know, it goes well until it doesn't. And once he feels, once he feels that it's not going at his pace and his way, Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to have to switch his game and he's going to have to he's going to be forced to to box with me. And it's going to be impossible for him to to outbox me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with that. Uh, at the same time, you know, John has a lot of combat sports experience. I mean, he's he's got a good amount of fights. He's fought on the biggest stages as far as the pressure goes of fighting for a championship. He's been there as well. Um are, are you taking all that into consideration going into this? I mean, I know the answer, but humor me. 
Yeah, you know, going into like going into a championship fight, um, you know, it, oddly enough, it's not. I'm not having any any nervousness. It's just preparing for any fight like I have in my own career. It's mm-hmm. like it's going through fight camp, work, getting the work done, getting the work in, putting in the blood, sweat, and tears, and then going out there and doing your job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, preparing for this fight, and I'm here in Albuquerque knowing it's it's for the flyweight championship, the very first one in bare knuckle. Yeah, I'm excited about it, but I feel like there's no pressure mm-hmm. on me. You know what I mean? I'm fighting John John Dodson. He's already he's already been, you know, in the UFC, had a extensive career in it, fought big names. He fought for the UFC flyweight title. Mm-hmm. came up short both times and you know for me it's there's no there's really no pressure i just need to go out there and fight and know who i am and fight for the the inaugural flyweight title like i'm going to fight and win the belt it's not like he he's already got the belt so right. he, he he's got to he's got to fight hard too because every Every platform he's been on, he's been this close, mm-hmm. this close to achieving the goal. Yeah. And there, he's come up short. So so I would say the, there's more pressure on him than there is on me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does have a big reputation to live up to. Now, there was a lot that went into this fight. You know, initially it was going to be you and then it was going to be another guy. And then something happened. whatever the case, here we are now. You're fighting for the BKFC. I'm going to give you the opportunity to uh, shine up your employer a little bit because I do enjoy the way Feldman promotes um, promotes this uh, event in general, the, the bare knuckle boxing. I feel like he's not he's not like the in your face promoter, you know, like a like a Dana White or, um, you, you know, something like that. Um, but how do you feel in terms of overall with your relationship with the BKFC. I know there was a lot of back and forth leading up to this, but you know, you're here now, you're on the biggest stage. So d- just tell me a little bit about that and and uh you know, shine up the boss a little bit. You know, yeah, David Feldman, you know, David Feldman is he's a great guy, honestly. Like he knows all his fighters by names. He's talk he talks to us, you know, every time I see him he he asks how I'm doing, like how's camp going, like how, you know, how's life. Um you know he's he's a very personable guy, and as far as my my career this far in Bare Knuckle, I have to you know shout out my management too. Uh, they've done a great job, and you know the thing is with like David Feldman and Bare Knuckle, it's like as soon as they brought in the one twenty fivers, they they've already kind of they knew that I was already going to be one of the top prospects in the in the flyweight division, so they've kind of um, you know they've kind of they've kind of paved the way mm-hmm. uh, for me uh, to be in the position that I am other than me, you know, fighting to the position that I'm at, right. but they've, you know, they've definitely, um, they know who they want to promote and I'm very appreciated, appreciative of it. And, um, you know, even though that, you know, Reggie, so that, you know, we already know what was going to happen. Like the, the, the other guy that was going to be, considered for fighting for the for the title um you know the fact that he was going to come down 
Reggie was going to come down from 135 to fight at 125 made zero sense. And then, you know, it made zero sense in the rankings, right? Yeah. But, uh, but I get it as a business. They're like, okay, we're going to think of it as, you know, this is going to sell more tickets. It's going to be, you know, Reggie's coming down and this could be the, you know, tail end of his career and he wants to be a double champ. But uh, I, I, I wasn't a fan of that. You know, I, I, we threw, you know, we threw dirt on it pretty quick and uh, you know, my management got it done and, you know, I think this is the right direction. And I, and I think Baron Uncle knows it's probably the right direction, especially if they're, if they want to grow the flyweight division. For sure. And, and from a fan perspective, it's good to know that you feel appreciated as part of this organization. And why would they go that route anyway, when they have this handsome Filipino wrecking machine <laughs> that they can put in there for the championship? I mean, come on, you with a gold yeah. belt draped over your shoulder. That's, That's promotional right. gold right there. It is. It is. And we could go to the Philippines to where I can defend it for the, for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Are they, are they talking about um, doing some stuff over there? Have you, have yeah. you, been, can we break it's some cra- of that? It's, uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's, um, they've always hinted at it and just, you know, especially coming up on, on this fight, uh even you know some of the journalists that work for bkfc they they've talked about you know taking B- bkfc over to the philippines okay and me headlighting me headlighting uh the first show there you know i'd be honored i'd love to i think it would be you know something great for the for bkfc to do since we're going global anyways mm-hmm. um i think it would it would be awesome i could definitely be the face uh for the division over there i would even love to to host open tryouts uh in the philippines you know there's there's a number of things that that could be a possibility to help grow the brand in the philippines uh with with me as the face of the 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 125ers hell yeah that would that would make some sick content so speaking of that side of the globe i'm drinking some japanese whiskey here while i'm talking to you Um, nice yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law lives in Japan. He's lived there for like 30 plus years. So he came to visit for a few weeks and he brought this with him. It's like a it's kind of like a scotch. It's It's got like a wine finish to it. But if I were going to go over to the Philippines and like, you know, film some content, and be there front row for your first title defense. Like what kind of things could I be sipping on over there? Like what's a drink of choice in the Philippines? Dude, they they drink American stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. They they speak English over there too, man. It's crazy. All right. I, I can sure, get down with that. I'm sure I'm sure they got some 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 Filipino liquors that we can definitely dive in together. Oh, I I mean, I if I don't get the chance to go out there with you, I expect you got to bring me back a bottle of something. We'll do a live show like sipping on some some Filipino liqueur or whatever they got over there. But Yo, yeah, absolutely. I, I noticed the same thing. I used to work for a big uh, Korean company that I, that will remain nameless. It rhymes with lamb's tongue, but um, <laughs> uh, they, they loved Coors Light. <laughs> they, they were like we would go out to, we would go out to dinners and stuff. They would order They drink a lot of shoju there, um, which is, you know, a popular drink in Asia, but they, they've, they fucking love Coors Light, and it's like, all right, <laughs> that's funny. We yeah, that's I mean, really funny. You like what we used to do? Shoju bombs. They balance the shot glass 
on chopsticks on top of the the pint of Coors Light, and then you everybody bangs the table, shot glass falls in, and you down the Coors Light with the shoju. They love that stuff. Um, uh, let's see. All right, we got a we got a live question here from Cook's Auto World. Ask the lion what he's doing first when he gets back to Tampa with a belt. <laughs> oh, I'm going to eat at all my favorite places. <laughs> I'm literally going. I've got like a top. I got a list. Mm-hmm. I got a list, Ryan. Like, if you want to come, come too. So, uh, yeah, I'm going everywhere. Like, I'm definitely going. There's a place called. <laughs> it's actually in. Uh, where is it at? Um. Dang it! I just went blank. It's called Hamptons Hamptons Chocolate Factory, okay. and it's at uh, it's at. Damn, where is it? It's in Channel Side, uh, Sparkman's Wharf. Okay, it's Sparkman's Wharf. It's Hamptons Chocolate Factory, and they got like gourmet, like. It's it's crazy. Look at their Instagram; like you'll fall in love. Okay, I'm going I'll... there. I've got to go to my TNT Burger. I'm going. I'm eating. I'm hitting everywhere, man. I'm hitting everywhere. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess cutting down to 125 pounds, you've been having a lot of cravings. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like th- I feel like this camp, this camp has lasted forever. Like I've been get out. You know, originally we we're getting ready for July 14th, and then thank goodness I didn't stop training. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's lasted forever, and like I need, I need my, I need my, <laughs> my sweets and my, my burgers and pizza. That's, Hell yeah. that's That's I'm so excited about that. Hell yeah! All right, well, I'll I'll try and look up the tags for some of those, and I'll 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 tag them on this episode. Like maybe we'll get you some free meals when you yeah, come back with that belt. Hampton's Chocolate Factory and Sparkman's Wharf. That's like one of my. It's like the top three places that I'm gonna go. All right, Hamptons, let's get this man some free chocolate, will you? When he comes back with that BKFC championship. All right, Jr. I've I've been keeping you a lot longer than I promised you, so I'm gonna give you two more things. Before I get you out of here, first of all, I told you I'd tell you the story of what happened to my eye. So <laughs> I hope you come back looking prettier than me from this weekend. Um, so here's the, the picture I put on Instagram of me all bloodied up, right? So I was, and, and you can see I got a pretty good shiner now. I mean, I know you're going to come back looking more beautiful than me, regardless of what happens <laughs> in Albuquerque. But uh, long story short, I wanted to explain to the audience, I was rolling some jujitsu, no gi jujitsu. And my partner, shout out to Jimmy. Uh, he was a little sweaty and I had his arm pinned down. He tried to pull it out real quick and caught me exactly right with the pointy end of his elbow right above my eyelid. And uh you know how that goes. Once you get cut there, I got a bunch of scar tissue and shit from years of doing this stuff. Uh, busted me open like a like a friggin' Gallagher watermelon. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, it, it bled a lot. Luckily, I didn't need stitches. I just kind of super glued it shut. That's so. crazy. I saw it, and I was like, what the heck happened? <laughs> yeah, and I put it up there, and I got a lot of comments from people, and I just kind of... Like, I'll explain it on the podcast. I texted a picture to my mom and I, with no explanation, and she called me immediately. And she's like, well, Who did this to you? Give me his phone number. Yeah. <laughs> my mom can't even watch the fights. Yeah. yeah. She can't even watch them. I, I imagine not. My, my mom couldn't even stomach come into my wrestling matches in middle school and, and high school and stuff. 
So I could imagine, yeah, your your mom not being too fond of the. Uh, she's not gonna watch you fight for the championship, though. No, man, she she will not. She will not. So what do you have to do? Just call her after and be like, "Mom, I'm okay, and I'm coming yeah. home with the belt." Yep, yep. And then she'll watch like some of the highlights, just the parts where it's not like brutal. All right. Well, shout out to the mama lion. Yep. All right. Last thing before I get you out of here, what else should I be looking out for on this card here, Jr.? Um, are are there any fights that that should stand out to the audience? Are there any other reasons to tune in, or is it are you the are you the show? Uh well, of course I'm the show. Me and John Dotson. No, <laughs> but uh, Bryce Hall and G Perez. Uh, a lot of you. A lot of everybody knows. I don't. I'm. I wasn't a. I don't know who the heck Bryce Hall was until all this hype. But mm-hmm. obviously, everybody on this planet, other than myself and maybe you, Bill, uh, doesn't know who you know. Wouldn't know who Bryce Hall is. But he's fighting G Perez, the Cut Man, and it's crazy because G's always been my Cut Man in most of my fights. But you know, we all know G has been you know, fighting now for many years. And now he's Mm -hmm. fighting for the company he already works for. And he's fighting this influencer. G is going to hurt this guy. I don't know why Bryce Hall thinks he can even toe the line with G. It just makes no sense to me. Um, Keith Richardson, he's he's definitely a stick out in the 135 division. Wait, before you go on to that one. I don't know who Bryce Hall is. He's like a exactly. YouTuber or something. <laughs> Dude, he, exactly. He's a famous TikToker, like YouTuber, like a TikToker. Exactly. Yeah, he's like he's like an influencer with many with many things. So uh, this boy's uh, face is gonna look worse than mine after this weekend. I think. Right, and he's only had one boxing match against another influencer. So and he, it was a traditional like Queensberry boxing match, right? Yeah. Not yeah. bare knuckle. Yeah, not bare knuckle, and it, obviously the. It looked terrible, and it was terrible. And okay, I can't believe I still can't believe this is happening. G is going to really hurt this man. So. Well, I mean, hopefully he brings his whole audience to come watch your fight. Let's hope for that. Yeah, and luckily all his audience will be watching uh, because my fight is right after theirs. So okay, great. And then you said uh, Richardson and Perez. Yep, Richardson and Perez. Richardson is a is definitely a one of those gifted fighters. He's been around for a while. I don't know if you've seen any of his other fights in BKFC, but he's definitely one to watch. He's definitely mm-hmm. uh, an emerging star at 135. Okay. Um, so everybody, tune in for that. Um, we've got who else do we got on the card? Uh, yeah, it's got to be I'll hard be, for you. Hard for you to yeah. see on the phone. Obviously, Dotson's little brother. And that's his little brother? That's his little brother. It's crazy, yeah. Dude, this guy, he looks 50. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. And All then right. Lecrae's, and then Lecrae's, he's fighting. Okay. Is this uh, Sanchez and Lecrae's here? Yeah, yeah, Lecrae's. Yep, that's him. Okay. All right, cool. So we got a lot of stuff to watch this weekend. Uh, it'll be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the main card. Obviously, you're going to be out on the other coast in, in Albuquerque. But it's J.R. Ridge and John Dodson for the inaugural 
flyweight championship of bare knuckle boxing. My brother, I wish you all the luck in the world. Not that you need it. Uh, obviously, everybody back here in the Tampa Bay area will be rooting for you. Um, let the people know where they can find you, social media, any sponsors you want to shout out, anything else you want to get off your chest. Um, shout out some of my sponsors, Excelicor Real Estate, Jeremy Rickard. Uh, if you need a home, contact Excelicor Real Estate. Um, shout out Wicked Muay Thai for the dopest trunks they've always made me. Um, best fight trunks in the game. All you Muay Thai fighters, uh, definitely got to order some of their gear, especially if you want some customized stuff. They do an exceptional job. Shout out Ryan Cook and Cook's Auto World for, <laughs> for taking care of automotive needs. Um, and, you know, right now I've been training with uh battle zone boxing coach james battle coach bo also matt mccusker uh he's been you know obviously you know matt he's been with us for a long time so i heard of him so yeah yeah <laughs> he's a he's a world-class world-class guy so you know definitely shout out to all my coaches for um you know preparing us for the for the biggest fight of of my career thus far um on the biggest bare knuckle platform and um and i appreciate all the love and follow me on instagram at jr ridge and then uh facebook obviously just jr ridge and then order some lion gear from one by jr that is my clothing line you believe this man he's his own sponsor folks he is his own sponsor you gotta love that my brother i i know no matter what happens friday night you're gonna make us all proud back here um so just enjoy yourself and have fun and I'll talk to you on the other side. And thanks for your that. time. What, one other thing, one other thing yeah, I yeah. got I got I forgot to shout out King Killers, Michael Hecker making some dope gear as well. We all know Mike, good friend of ours. Uh buy some of his gear. It's awesome. Hey, and I appreciate you Bill for having me on. Of course, my man. I appreciate your time. I kept you like Five times longer than I promised. I said, yeah, let's do like 10 minutes. We wound up doing 30. But I know you got a workout to get to. I know you're cutting weight, all that fun stuff. Um, so I appreciate you coming on and, and being in such good spirits, given everything you got going on. Uh, but I would expect nothing less from you. And uh, guys, tune in to watch this fight. It'll be, it'll be one of the best shows of the year. I guarantee it. All right, JR. I'll talk to you soon, my brother. Um, all right, man. Have a good time. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. JR Ridge, everybody. Guys, I know I've given you kind of mixed vibes about the bare knuckle stuff. JR is genuinely one of the best dudes you could meet in this combat world space. Um, and I don't say that about a lot of people. So uh, this was supposed to be like a 10 minute segment, but, you know, I got caught catching up with my man so uh here we are you guys got 30 minutes of, of bare knuckle talk you got to hear what happened to my eye here's a for those of you on youtube here's a little close-up for you a nice shiner i got and um the the wound i had to super glue shut uh, apologies to everybody on instagram who didn't get an explanation for my face all bloodied up i am fine um the guy who did it to me i think it was a little more freaked out than I was because he was like, Oh shit, you're bleeding. So I go running off the mat, holding my face. 
And I, I turn around to call him back. And I was like, Jimmy, Jimmy. And he looked so stressed out. And I said, take a picture before I wash the blood off. Uh, so I, at least I had the wherewithal to, uh, you know, get the photo for the Instagram before I, before I washed everything off. All right, folks. It's time, I guess, to talk some UFC. Let me adjust my uh, screen sharing here so I can get the UFC card up here. We had UFC Nashville this weekend. And you already know what I'm going to jump to. I don't care about anything on the main card. All I want to talk about, number one priority, Billy Quarantello defeats Damon Jackson by unanimous decision. I almost had a damn heart attack watching this fight, folks. I mean, you all know Billy's a friend of the show. He's a friend of mine. We have the same barber. Of course I was rooting for this guy. I was at a buddy's house. We were watching it outside, having some drinks, having some cigars. Oh, Billy, why do you have to do this to me? I feel like it's become his MO to take a licking in the first round. Just like take the worst beating that his opponent can dish out and make everyone who cares about him stress for five plus minutes that he's going to get hurt and then come back and pull a win out of the hat. Um, I had a bunch of people texting and messaging me on social media after this fight saying, oh, wow, that was a close one. Good for Billy. And I disagreed with every single one of them. I didn't think it was close at all. Obviously, Billy lost the first round. I don't think anybody would argue that. Even Adelaide Bird would have scored that round for Damon Jackson. But come on, rounds two and three were all Billy Quarantello. There were some awesome grappling exchanges. Billy was incredible with the body work, the knees to the body, the clinch up against the cage. Uh, man, the grappling exchanges were out of this world. Uh, I know these guys didn't get a bonus, but and I know I'm biased as well, but this was the fight of the night for me. And and granted, there was a little extra invested in it for me, so I'm I'm freaking out a little bit more. I'm usually not the guy who's animated watching fights you know i'm not the oh shit and oh no and do this and and kind of saying things out loud while i'm watching but uh i was jumping out of my seat on multiple occasions during this fight i was um i was shouting advice at billy that he was never going to hear um but just just hoping that the vibes would somehow reach him and um Man, he did it. He got the job done. And I told you guys this was going to be a dogfight. I told you guys last week, Damon Jackson is very similar to Billy and that he'll take your best and make you want to give up because your best wasn't enough. Um, And credit to Damon Jackson, man. What a tough motherfucker this guy is. All those body shots that added up. He looked like he was, he was wobbled. He was out on his feet a few times. But, man, he hung in there. There was nothing Billy could do, excuse me, to put him away. And um, it wound up being like a classic 
Billy Q performance. And uh, I'm so proud of the guy. Hopefully we can get him back on the podcast sometime soon. Uh, you know, obviously we'll give him a chance to, uh, he had to celebrate Nashville a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he went and did some country music karaoke. I saw him. I saw him run around on Instagram with a cowboy hat. Um, and it, he'll go home and, and spend some time with his son who just turned one year old. Um, that's, that's a huge milestone for him. So we'll give him a little time to chill out and then hopefully we'll get him back on the show. Um, I've been saying since the first time Billy came on, we got to do a show, you know, where we're popping some bottles here. You know, we got to do a little, I, I know he likes his, uh, Corona lights or whatever the fuck he drinks, but you know, we'll, we'll get him, we'll get him some real booze and do a podcast, but so proud of this dude. So happy for him. Great weekend in Nashville for Billy Quarantello. And um, let's talk about the main event, which was probably the low point of the whole card, to be honest. Um, but then it turns out that Corey Sandhagen is a total badass, right? So this was a catchweight fight. It was supposed to be, um, was it Umar Nurmagomedov that pulled out of this fight? I know last week on the show I said it was it was Marab Devalishvili, but that was not correct. Uh, so let me let me publicly correct myself and say that it was Nurmagomedov who pulled out of this main event. Rob Font steps in on short notice. Credit to Rob Font. Um, you know he had a lot to gain for this, but this was a tough matchup for him. So it was a catch weight at 140 pounds. Corey Sanhagen said he completely tore his tricep in the first round. And could not throw punches. I think I want to say it was with his right arm, but um, I'm not totally sure. It was one of his arms. He couldn't punch or elbow at all. He said it was excruciating while he was in there. So he had to change up his game plan and just wrestle Rob Font to the ground and hold him down. Um, and, you know, to anyone who didn't have that information, it could have been a bit of a boring fight. I'll be honest, it was a bit of a boring fight for me. And I, I'm a wrestling guy. I love wrestling, but I'm like, um, I I don't really care. There wasn't there wasn't enough on the line for me to be invested. It was like it was short notice for both guys. It was a catch weight. And um, but you know, credit to Corey Sandhagen, man. He had a bad injury in there. He had to adjust and he did what he had to do to get the win. So uh in hindsight. I have to give Corey Sanhagen a lot more credit than I did while I was watching the fight. I, I mean, he's in there. He's in there with a bad motherfucker and Rob Font, and he was able to make the adjustments and do what he had to do to get the W. And, he, you know, here's the guy who's, who's on track to be fighting for a championship down the line for sure. For sure. All right. Co-main event. I told you guys last week, Tatiana Suarez, I feel like she was ready for this challenge uh, back in 2019 when she was really making her first run. And then she had her knee injuries or, or whatever she was dealing with. And she was never really super active in the UFC. She was fighting once, maybe twice a year. Um, but man, that guillotine on Jessica Andrade, it, it, it was picture perfect. It was a textbook guillotine. You know, she got, she got the nice grip. She's got a hell of a squeeze. Um, she was saying in the post fight that she's told at the gym all the time by the the guys that she trains with that her squeeze is unreal. So 
Uh, Tatiana Suarez is the real deal. 115 pounds. I don't know how she makes 115 pounds. I mean, she seems like she seems like a pretty big gal. But whatever the case, it if she stays healthy, this woman is destined for gold. I mean, I I just don't see anybody being able to stop her. Um, and. I know a lot of people would say that Jessica Andrade has been on the decline. I think it's a case of maybe just training too much, fighting too much. You know, maybe she just needs a little bit of a break. She's kind of the opposite of Tatiana Suarez, where she's fighting so much. Um, and who knows what's going on in her training camp. I don't know if she's getting, you know, she might be getting knocked out in her training camps and, is she getting up there in age? Let's take a look real quick. Let's take a little peek. No, she's fucking 31 years old. All right. She's still got a lot of miles left on her, folks. So let's let's ease it up with the Jessica Andrade is on the decline talk. Uh, but Tatiana Suarez, man, she's the real deal. Dustin Jacoby, first round TKO over Kennedy and Zechiku. Um I didn't like seeing this because Nzechiku is such a good dude, man. Um, you know, his, his mother passed away very recently, dedicated his last fight to her. Um, just such a likable guy. But Dustin Jacoby uh, did what he had to do, got in there and got the job done. Uh, minute 22 seconds, TKO. Um, so credit to him. That's a huge win. Diego Lopez with his... Uh, I don't know, his Blink-182 haircut, whatever he's got going on here, this kind of like swoopy. Let me zoom in on this. Look at this. Uh, for those of you on, on Facebook, and I mean, this is a bad dude, don't get me wrong, but I don't know about this haircut, man. And I'm not the most fashionable guy, but when you look at his haircut, he looks like Tom DeLonge from from Blink-182, or he looks like one of these, like, 90s emo band frontmen. I think, like, maybe get a different haircut, man. But uh, submits Gavin Tucker with an armbar in the first round, and that's a big accomplishment because Gavin Tucker is a bad dude. Uh, Tanner Bozier gets the uh, unanimous decision over Alexa Kammerer. Uh, that fight was okay. Uh, Ludovic Klein, unanimous decision over Ignacio Bahamondes. That was a good fight. Kyler Phillips, unanimous decision over a, a tough fighter at Hani Barcelos. Um, okay, Carlson Harris, technical submission, anaconda choke over Jeremiah Wells. So let me tell you about this fight. Carlson Harris was getting his ass beat. This was a one-sided beatdown. This was like, you wouldn't even think these two guys should have been in the same league. Like, they shouldn't have been paired up together. Jeremiah Wells was beating that ass for the first two rounds. Had him in every bad position. Had him in a ton of submissions. And Carlson Harris just hung in there, man. Wouldn't tap out. Wouldn't get knocked out. Just got the shit beat out of him. Comes back, submits Jeremiah Wells, 
in one of the very same submissions he was caught in multiple times earlier in the fight with the Anaconda choke. Super impressed with Carlson Harris, man. That is one tough dude. Obviously, we talked about Billy Quarantello and Damon Jackson. Fight of the night. I don't need to remind you guys, but I will anyway. Uh, Cody Durden beats Jake Hadley, unanimous decision. Sean Woodson, unanimous decision over Dennis Bazooka, who was uh, a last-minute replacement, came in at a catch weight. Uh, this was a super close fight. Um, you know, Woodson was just a, a, a bit of a step ahead, but, you know, credit to Bazooka for, for stepping up on, on short notice and, and getting in there on the big stage. And then Asu Almabayev submits Ode Osborne in the first round. Um, this was a great little card. And I really enjoyed it. And I can't stress enough how proud I am of Billy Quarantello. So, um, you know, Nashville got a great show this weekend. Main event, eh, it was okay. But still a shutout for Corey Sandhagen with one arm. So give the guy a break, will you? Let's take a quick peek at next week. So we got UFC on ESPN 51. This is at the Apex. We got Vicente Luque against the legend, Rafael Dos Santos. Man, I don't know how I feel about this one. Obviously, Luque has that, you know, he's got that shut your lights off power. We all know that. But Dos Santos has that I win fights power. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. This 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 could go one of two ways. It could be a quick night uh, and a bad night for Dos Anjos. 38 years old, but, you know, he's just coming off of submitting Brian Barberena, who's got a similar style to Vicente Luque. Luque's got better grappling, though. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's the old line against the young buck. We'll see what happens. Co-main event, Cub Swanson and Hakeem Dawadu. That, that could be a nice slugfest. Khalil Roundtree and Chris Dawkus. I guess Dawkus uh, has moved down to light heavyweight. And then uh, Terrence McKinney is fighting again. Am I reading this right? Didn't he just fight? Yeah, he just got submitted by Nazim Sadikov like two weeks ago. All right, but he's getting back in there. Wants to get right back on the horse against Mike Breeden. And let's see. Josh Fremd and Janie Pickett. That's a fun fight. Uh... And that's about it. All right. So that's that. Um, if you guys were coming here for Nate Diaz, Jake Paul talk, I'll tell you the honest truth. I turned that fight on somewhere in the middle. I watched like a round and a half, and I just I just couldn't. Like it it wasn't real to me. You know? Like it seemed too much like a show. It was just for show. It didn't seem like a real fight. It didn't seem like a real boxing match. I couldn't get into it. You know, I know 
Nate Diaz like grabbed a guillotine at one point was showing off and I I mean all right here's the thing with this celebrity boxing stuff because a buddy of mine texted me actually funnily enough same guy who did this to me um he sliced my eyelid open and he said wouldn't it be better for boxing if Jake Paul wins? And I disagreed because I feel like this is just a phase for Jake Paul. Um, I think once he gets tired of doing this, he's going to walk away and he's going to leave boxing in a worse state than it was when he started because boxing is struggling already. You know, we have... Like, nobody even knows who the world champions are in boxing. Like, most people don't know. If you if you did, like, a Jay Leno, like, walk in the streets type of video and ask them, you know, who can you name three boxing world champions, most people wouldn't know. Some people might know Tyson Fury is the heavyweight champion, especially if you go overseas and ask. You know, some people might know Terrence Crawford. Is a world champion. But beyond that, and then so Jake Paul is doing these these gimmicky kind of shows, and I guess he was making a lot of money in the beginning. I don't know how much money he made off of this. <clears throat> I from what I understand, the the live crowd, it was not a sellout. I don't know what the pay-per-view buys were like. Um, you know, to me, it's a joke. It's a fad. Um, it's something that will pass by. And I think the sport of boxing will be worse off after it's over. I really do. Um, I think they've taken a big hit in the last few years with all of the, the bad judging and the politics and, and never matching up the best with the best in their prime. You know, last weekend was a rare occurrence when we saw Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, you know, two guys um, who were considered the best fighting each other in their prime. This is not something that boxing does. Boxing doesn't match people up like this. Boxing likes to build this guy up over here, build this guy up over here, and kind of tease them always fighting, but never actually letting them fight. That's kind of been the boxing model for the past, I don't know, decade and a half. So my advice, bail on boxing like I have, follow MMA, and even follow some bare-knuckle boxing. Go watch J.R. Ridge fight John Dodson for the flyweight championship this weekend on Friday night. That's what I'll be doing. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, boxing's pretty much dead, I think. In any case... Oh, something I wanted to tell you guys. I finally, um, you know, despite my age and status in life, I have finally signed up for TikTok. I downloaded the app. I started posting content on there. A lot of it is repurposed from, you know, what you see on Instagram and YouTube. But I plan to start exploring with, uh, you know, some of the features of TikTok to try and get some new stuff up there and um, 
you know, I'm there. So it's at MMA on the rocks on tip on TikTok, tip talk, tip, tip toe. I don't know. Tip toe, tip talk, whatever. I'm on there. So uh, come find me. You know, I'll follow you back if I can figure out how. Um, and, and we'll do that. Um, a lot more content coming your way. I have a, a, a ton of, uh, I have MMA instructionals that I've been filming uh, and that are on the docket to be posted. I have more whiskey reviews coming your way. The one-minute whiskey reviews, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. Uh, so I did a bunch more of those. Um, you know, I, I knocked a, a bunch of them out in a day. Um, I did one with my brother-in-law today uh, with this Japanese whiskey. Uh, comes from Hombu Shuzo. Uh, he brought this from Japan. It's actually delicious. We we <laughs> opened this bottle tonight. It's more than half gone. Um, I'm going to pour another little bit of it right now. Um, so uh, my, my brother-in-law actually... Uh, pretty well known on YouTube. He goes by Gimme a Break Man. Um, all one word. G-I-M-M-E-A-B-R-E-A-K. Uh, you can find him there on Instagram as well. Uh, he makes some great content, so uh, go check him out. He He's lived in Japan for like 32 years. And uh, he does a lot of videos just kind of walking around, talking to people. Um his most popular content, he goes and gets haircuts at, at popular barbershops or just traditional barbershops in Japan. I realized that JR's not here anymore. I don't need to wear these headphones anymore because I'm starting to sweat in them. Um, but in any case, he brought this whiskey. He was looking for something comparable because I told him Yamazaki is my favorite Japanese whiskey. He was looking for something comparable because uh, the price of Yamazaki is skyrocketed. Uh, so he brought this over and, um, it burned us on the first pour, but, uh, kind of opened up after that. And it's actually really quite delicious and I'm enjoying it very much. So cheers to you, Victor. And, uh, thank you for bringing this by, but I appreciate all the positive feedback, uh, <clears throat> on all the short forum content I've been doing. I've really been trying to put a lot more effort, um, into putting stuff out for you guys. Uh, and the more positive feedback I get, the more comments, the more shares, um, you know, the more it motivates me. So, you know, let's keep doing the damn thing. You know, we're at seven plus years with MMA on the rocks now. And, um, I guess I'm not giving up on you guys yet. If you want to grab some merchandise, um, Team Reaper, reaper1.co is the website. You can get some tank tops, hoodies, or T-shirts on there. Use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on your entire order, whether you buy my merchandise or not. Full disclosure, if you buy my merchandise, whatever royalties I get will be spent on alcohol. Uh, but you guys already know this. And um, that's it, man. <clears throat> that's all we got. Shout out to Billy Quarantello for the big win this weekend. Shout out to my brother, J.R. Ridge, who's fighting for the BKFC Flyweight Championship this Friday, BKFC 48. Make sure you guys watch. Make sure you guys send some positive vibes to J.R. Um, you know, hopefully he comes away, comes back to Tampa with that belt. Um, 
it regardless i could not be more proud of that guy um and that's all i got so until next time uh, cheers everybody goodbye